Hey, good afternoon, and uh, welcome to Hump Day Hangout with Fire Engineering. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank the Clarion Events Group and Chief David Rhodes for the opportunity, as all of us from uh, Traditions Training and all my friends here uh, get together, and we're going to talk uh, the fire service in 2024, what's what's coming up, and uh, what maybe your, the, their departments have on tap, what they're focusing on on training, but we're going to give everybody a, uh, a chance to speak here. My heart is full. I get to see all my friends here as the first of the year comes around. It's been a long time since we've had this many people on. We got uh, a new addition with uh, Eric Budd from Rescue 3 in uh, the D.C. Fire Department. And Sammy Hiddle disappeared again. Uh, if you all haven't seen his new look, it, it, it'll startle you. But but he's on here. But uh, we're going to start with uh, Josh Burchick. Josh, um, good and there he is. I wanted to warn everybody that Sammy was coming back. So, but you know we'll get we'll get started since we've got so many people on. So, Josh, what's going on in 2024 with uh, you and your fire service? Okay. Okay. Sorry, we broke up. We're back right. in. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you're breaking up a little bit, so we're gonna we're gonna move on here until uh, you get reestablished, but. Hey, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, I just wanted to also recognize Josh, you kind of broke out, but just give me a minute here. So um, I'm going to get, give a shout out because it's been a long time since I've had my, uh, my two of my best friends uh, on the show. Uh, obviously that have been with traditions training for a very, very long time. That'd be uh, Dan Shaw and Doug Mitchell. Both of them have uh, gotten busy in their lives. Um, this family and kids thing and fire department business, man, it's, it's, it's a killer. So I want to make that we're going to talk to them. But I want to make sure that I recognize that, uh, you know, they're two back on here. And I also got Larry Schultz back on. So it's all a good thing. So we're going to go to newly promoted. Yeah, Lieutenant you uh, move on to Roger. I'm sorry. Let's see if my uh, Internet can stay with us. Yeah. So a little bit more in civilization than Josh is. But uh, so that's just a uh, dynamic times uh, ahead. I think uh, Sometime this year, uh, our line of duty death report will be complete. So that investigation. So everybody's anxious to see what comes of that. Uh, so I know they've partnered with UL on some of the stuff. Uh, so that should be interesting. Uh, continuing training. We have a uh, good turnover at work uh, in the aspect of uh, a quantity of turnover. So we're losing some experience uh, as guys and girls uh, retire. Some of the senior members Italian chiefs and whatnot are retiring, moving on. So younger officers coming up, younger uh, firefighters coming in. So making the training as realistic and uh, attainable as possible. So prepare them as best we can. So we have some programs running at our training school now that's uh, above and beyond the basic uh, firefighting level, uh, the state-based MIFRI stuff. So creating some of our own programs and getting people ran through that with uh, a lot of positive feedback. So hopefully be able to make all that go and get as many people through as we can. So Roger, I mean, all this new training and everything, it's all fully supported by the department and, you know, we're putting companies out of service and. Uh, yes. So some of the programs are done on duty. So sometimes it's advanced notice. Other times you come in that morning and uh, you find out you're detailed out there. So depending on what the program is, if it's an on duty one or, there's a couple programs running uh, outside of normal duty hours as far as uh, <clears throat> you'll either be detailed or on overtime to come out. Uh, one of the programs that uh, some of the guys, Kyle was one of the head, uh, or Kyle Stevens is one of the heads uh, setting it up was our advanced firefighter removal class. So that's a four day straight, uh, fairly intense uh, program that's done uh with either details or overtime. So you're not on duty during that uh, entire four, four day <clears throat> program. I gotcha. So then let's, uh, let's move to uh, my old alma mater and the, uh, the, the, the boss of the, my alma mater in Fairfax. So there's something always going on in Fairfax because Dan Shaw's uh, social media is so positive that, you know, just these rays positive, of man. sunshine that come from Fairfax County every day. So, and we're hiring, so it's always sunny in operation. You should apply and come join us. <laughs> no, all's good. I mean, we're dealing with the consistent uh, staffing issues like everyone else across the country and, you know, doing some dynamic stuff there. But, uh, you know, the two things we're really going to focus on 
going in 2024, which is um, really we've already started this process, but you know, hoping to kind of close the loop on fire ground performance. And one of the things we introduced was a suppression QA process. So every fire we go to, and this is the question I pose to all our chiefs, is how do you know if your last fire was a success or not? Arbitrary, depending on who's answering the question. So uh, with our third safety officer who goes on, on a working fire when they have a RIT task force, which is that they arrive working fire, you get another engine truck and medic and a battalion for the RIT task force. That safety officer completes this. And really what we were focusing on is uh, seven fundamental skills on the fire ground. Our ability to position water supplies, our communication, first line, second line, primary, secondary, and ladder, ladders and ventilation. And how well did we do on that? And so we're able to now look at um, really about a day after the fire, I can see every fire we run, uh, what ladders we threw, what hose lines we pulled, uh, did, did we position correctly? Uh, did we hit all the elements of what our on-scene report is? Was our command and control good? That's coupled with pictures and videos they take so we can see it real time uh, when they arrive on the incident. Uh, and then the other part of it is we capture all the audio. So within about a couple of days, uh, all 1,500 members in the operations will get that dashboard and they can see every fire we go to and listen to that fire. And it gives us the ability not to only uh, be able to see what our performance is, uh, to make sure we're kind of cutting the mustard on what we need to do and we're reaching that benchmark that we set forth. But then we're also giving feedback. We're giving you know, good, relevant feedback, but it also drives the way we train. Um, if we see a deficiency in one battalion, we're not going to make the whole department train that way. But if we continue to see that something's dropping off. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, you know, in our manuals in the Nova region, one of the last things you say when you finish your lap is about command. You're either going to retain the command or you transfer it. And we see that that is dropped off significantly in our, in our suppression QA. It's not being completed. Well, we have essentially 10 battalions. So uh, we've increased over the last couple of years to this number. And we think that's probably more, not from lack of compliance, more because they finish a lap, it's a wink and a nod to the chief who's there in the front yard. He's got command. They, they just dropped that statement. So it gives us the to do, and then it helps us with the apparatus design uh, because then we can look at uh, what the hose lines we pull, what ladders we throw. I mean, we don't really throw 35s, but, man, we throw some 24s and 28s and 16s all day long. Um, so when we think about the way we spec apparatus, are we just doing it because we always have or are we doing it because that's what we need for our performance? Uh, and then the last part of, you know, what I'm really excited for us to start diving into is we brought uh, Jason Bresler's group, Leadership Under Fire, in last year um, to start our own mental performance initiative in Fairfax, something Doug's very well versed in. Uh, and that's really the last part of the equation on the fire ground of what we, we've never really looked at uh, and teach our people and train them on is to understand the impact of stress and human performance. So to start to build our own program, uh, we're really looking forward to jumping in that and getting our trainers built out and using Jason's group to kind of support us as we build that out more robustly in every aspect of what we do uh, into the daily training that happens in the companies all the way up to what we're doing at battalion division level and then the department wide. So looking forward to it. Should be a good 2024. Yeah. You know, you're really having a rough life when your third safety officer gets dispatched on the call, you know, it's, Got a got a real rough you know rough life there in Fairfax. So we care, we care. <laughs> so one of the few guys that still rides the rigs, you know, uh, is uh, our captain uh, Doug Mitchell, who we haven't seen in a long time. Man, that guy's been super busy with his job. And Doug, what what is happening? Going to happen in the FDNY in twenty twenty four? Well, if you, um... if you guys could get this lithium ion battery fire thing under control. That would really help the rest of us. Yeah. Um, and that was the number one talking point on my list is that, um, you know, battery powered mobility devices have um, become our bread and butter. Right. And then those are in all types of building stock. So, you know, as Larry said, knowing your buildings is always so important. Um, the fortunate and unfortunate thing is these devices are everywhere. Um, they are in brownstones. They are in tenements. They are in, the rears of taxpayers. Um, they are plugged into sidewalks. They're everywhere. Um, and that has certainly um, kept us extremely busy um, this past year. And moving forward, I really don't see any relief. I know that um, 
you know, there is potential legislation. Uh, I know that there's involvement uh, from UL and, and, and people higher up the um, political chain that have recognized that this is a, this is a serious problem. Um, and it's, it's not that it's an urban problem, but I think it's more common in the urban environment as far as, um, you know, the understanding to be able to move people around fast, right? Fast, easy, quick, and relatively cheap. Um, so the batteries and, and the secondary market, I think, is really where they're trying to um, make a push to uh, have some sort of regulation on the battery part of it. So anyway, uh, you know, that's kind of like our number one um, concern. I think moving forward, we're hoping that we get some some in, injunction and insight from our, our partners uh, across the city. Um, again, so that people have, you know, the best ability to be, of both worlds, right? They have the ability to get to places throughout the city quickly, easily, and efficiently. Um, however, um, they do so safely. Um, and obviously that puts us in a safer environment also. Dan kind of alluded to staffing and, um, you know, that, that plagues our department. Our guys are really working hard um, throughout the city, working, working overtime. And, you know, as a company officer and those of us in the room that are chief officers, you know, operationally, we have to uh, understand that, you know, our people do need time off. Um, they do need breaks. And to, to Josh's point early on about mental health, uh, and as to Dan's point in the middle there, as far as mental performance, um, we have to keep that in mind when um, we're, we're talking about our, uh, our employees or our volunteers or the people that we're working with um, going to fires and emergencies, understanding that they do need uh, a time and a place to unwind and, and have some downtime away from the job. The impact, you know, then falls back onto the families and that dynamic, uh, you know, leads to stressors that, that can lead to poor performance, uh, whether that's uh, in the office, in the firehouse or on the fire ground. So I think that's, a, that's something that for 2024, we will continue to try to bolster our staffing and uh, try to bolster um, our concern and well-being for our our people. Um, and the last thing that I'm looking forward to specifically for 2024, uh, we're in the pipeline for a new apparatus. So uh, our, our rig is getting replaced. It's been um, 11 years. So, uh, you know, 10 years is when we kind of go through our life cycle of our apparatus. So we're, our new rig is here. It's not striped, but it's, uh, it's got its radios, and uh, so we're looking to looking forward to getting that on the streets, putting it through the paces, uh, and and kind of making it our own. So uh, those are kind of the three new things that I think for 2024. You know, operationally, uh, we need to try to ensure that uh, you know we maintain an open mind when it comes to uh, techniques and things that are out there. Have an understanding of what works and doesn't work. I maintain an open mind when it comes to uh, the challenges that we're going to face and recognize that the, the tried and true does work the majority of the time. However, there's always room for improvement in any of our operations and in any of our departments and in any of us as individuals. So um, take the time to uh, enjoy not only your, your career, your time on the job, but, but your family uh, and those things that you enjoy outside of the, of the, outside of the job. Doug, that was that was that was rather. You're on it. It, it. This this break has you know got you going there. So see, this is what I've been. That's why I've been holding out. I, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I can only I only have 15 minutes, and then I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely uh, can't come back to him. <laughs> So hey, uh, in the last year, obviously, um, it, it's been uh, pretty challenging, you know, for all all of us uh, being busy it, that are, have been members or, you know, stepped away from traditions for a little while and, and you know, come back and everything. But uh, we uh, took on a, a 
how the company started originally uh, when when Dan and I were, did our first classes together. Uh, it was all about rapid intervention, uh, saving your own and all that. And uh, we kind of, you know, took a different shift as the company grew, you know, to engine and truck and enforceable entry, engine company stuff, command and all that. But uh, we, we took on a, a new partner uh, with uh, Eric Budd from Rescue 3, obviously a Eastern Shore, Maryland guy. And uh, so that, that automatically gives him a couple points on the application process. Um, but uh, so he's uh, really big into that. So Eric, just try to, what are the, some of the stuff that, you know, you've kind of put out through us and you do yourself and, and how, and how we're going to um, incorporate that into traditions. Uh, I know Roger's helping you out with that. So. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we've been talking about some different stuff with realistic training as far as, um, you know, f- whether it be a down firefighter or, you know, which you go through a May day or, um, you just have to be inside the building and the mayday occurs right next to you and going from making contact with the down firefighter all the way through removal through the worst case scenario of, of firefighter CPR. So, um, real time assessment of, uh, mental status, airway, you know, management and all that kind of stuff, the different airway delivery options, uh, packaging, and then removal from the basement, first floor, upper floors and the roof. Uh, would it be a, you know, a truck driver or something like that? So uh, covering all the different options for removal of the, from the building and then worst case scenario, gear removal for, uh, for firefighter CPR. And um, to take it a step further than that, like some of this stuff has been uh, as simple as like you're in a scenario where you have just you, the, the tools and equipment that you chose to keep in your pockets and the tools that you're carrying in the building. Uh, you know, we don't have, the, uh, the access to get to stuff from the outside. So if we base our training off a scenario like that, number one, it makes you think real long and hard about what you're carrying. And number two, it forces you to, uh, to find the worst case scenario for, uh, you know, the example that the firefighters down in the basement, we got to bring them up a set of narrow, steep stairs and you only have what you brought with you. That, that kind of changes things. But if we have a plan for that, and then, uh, you know, the next step would be that, you're, uh, you know, the, for us, the squad driver's outside and he's able to bring some equipment in or you're a block out when that May Day occurs. Now we can bring in different equipment that makes the job a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, working through some of those processes and just training on worst case scenario kind of stuff uh, might not be the exact plan that we want to execute on, on game day on the fire. But if we've practiced on it enough with our outside training, then it's, uh, you know, makes it easier. So, uh, that's the big thing that we have been working on the last couple of months. Roger's been a big help with trying to move that in the right direction. So uh, hopefully we'll see some more of that coming into 2024 uh, for DC specifically. We've been doing uh, annual training and quarterly training for the last year. Every company gets a, a preset date where all the members, whether they're detailed or not, everybody goes out of service for 12 hours. They go to the training Academy and they hit um, you know, they'll stretch lines, they throw ladders, they do the PES refresher for bailout. Um, so there's a list of stuff that those guys do. Uh, in addition to that, we have a group of guys from the instructor, uh, in-service training office that does, uh, quarterly training where they'll go to a, a battalion firehouse and a couple of units of go out of service and they're hitting different topics like, uh, you know, soil operation or radios or maydays or, uh, our SOGs just changed. Uh, at the beginning of December for the third new engine company is now the RIT company. So uh, some adjustments there and, you know, that was rolled out through that program. So just some big changes there that we're uh, kind of growing into and looking forward to what 2024 has to offer. Well, I'm sure there's some operational changes coming. There's no, sure. about that. We're, I think we're, um, we're going to get rid of these 2023 Seagrave engines. And I think we're going to go back to uh, steamers and horses if that guy has his way. Yeah, but so Josh, you're back with us now. I see. Oh, goodness. All right. How about now? Oh, yeah. Much better. (laughs) He's a truck guy, man. He fixed the water leak just like you guys do. Nice. (laughs) Man, every issue I could probably have, I'm having it right now. Sorry about that. So I think what um, we're tying a lot of these things in, um, what, what I was hitting earlier was a combination of emotional, mental, and the physical performance of the firefighter. So I think for so often, 
we're hitting one avenue, but I think now we're starting to realize that firefighters are humans first. And there are a lot of things that are playing into how we're operating and training in the, in the firehouses and on the fire ground. So when we realize that adrenaline induced responses, that emotional state of the firefighter is less than desirable, that's going to have an, a negative effect on the fire ground or whatever they're dealing with at home, tying in the uh, mental health side of things. So if there's things going on at home or within the firehouse culture that are messing you up, that's going to affect you on the fire ground. Um, if you can't handle the adrenaline induced responses on the fire ground or in training, that's going to have a deleterious effect and mess with you. And then obviously there's always been the physical performance side of things whether that's you being physically fit or you knowing the strategy and tactics of the job necessary to overcome whatever the incident is to stabilize the incident. So I think we've always done a good job of the physical side of things, the strategy and tactics, and we're always trying to advance that, which, you know, is our bread and butter and we love. But then when you start tying in, okay, this firefighter is becoming task saturated or their the adrenaline spot, uh, response is getting to them, how do we now train and educate for all of these factors at play? And I think something that we're also flipping the script on and doing really well is we're kind of getting outside the fire service, learning what other professions and industries are doing, whether that's sports psychology or other in extremist professions. And then we just changed the name to firefighting. We learn what they're learning, changed the name to firefighting, and we're trying to bring it back. And um, I certainly know with a lot of Mayday and fireground survival stuff, um, that's been huge for us in our department in flipping the script and getting even deeper in the weeds and getting more nuanced with how all these factors are um, affecting what we do. So we're not just training firefighters to become more tactically proficient, but we're also cueing them into what's happening for the mental state, for the emotional state, um, and bringing down the anxiety, whether that's something going on at home or whether that's actually the adrenaline getting to you. And when you flip the script, you can use all those things for good. So it's been pretty neat to see um, really young men and women um, reduce the learning curve in our trading academy. And when they're out on the fire ground, because we're starting to incorporate all these other prongs of the human element. So that's something I'm pretty stoked for and that we're training for and just kind of uh, advancing the human element within the fire service as much as we can. You know, and uh, I, th I think it needs to be brought up also. I mean, obviously, for those who don't know, um, um, Josh also has a podcast that he does, uh, Fortune Unbroken. So be sure to search that on all your social media platforms. But I meant uh, also, Josh, I mean, explain to me, you know, explain to the people that are going to listen to this, you know, I mean, you also do give back to the fire service and how do you do that with the, you know, contributing all this, whatever you make from the forging unbroken, giving it back to these charitable foundations. So. And we lose them. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, thank you for that. I, um, yeah, just trying to get as much information out there as possible. Pretty much talking about those three topics, the human, side of it the mental performance emotional performance physical performance and i cast a wide net so talking to a lot of different people and um yeah no appreciate the shout out there's some good information on there yep i mean uh there, there's there's not enough uh days of the week and not enough hours in a year that uh you know our our, our clarin events group and fire engineering can put every one of the instructors across the country out so you know a lot of our, you know, firefighters go out and, you know, start these podcasts and stuff like that. Josh has some great information stuff that I don't think about. Um, my brain's not wired like Josh's, um, but it, it's always interesting to listen to. Plus he had Roger on there one time. So that brought the show down a little bit, um, but <laughs> it was Roger being Roger. So uh, that's what we all love him for. So mm. I, I want to introduce the guy uh, with the squad 18 hat on for those of you that don't know. Uh, this is uh, Sam Hiddle. Uh, I know he doesn't look like the normal Sam Hiddle. He doesn't have a, a scully cap on. Uh, he has something above his lip. Um, if you want any comments you want to write about that, please do so. Uh, but Sammy, uh, other than your uh, challenging SCBA uh, problems that you have in Wichita, um, 
obviously an inside joke for all of us, but uh, what's getting ready to happen in the uh, middle of the country here in the 2024? And better yet, what are you doing in 2024, like producing more videos? I mean, obviously, there's been getting some pretty good hits on fire engineering, so. Um, am I getting an echo there? You're chopping up a little bit, Sam, but. It's chopping up a little bit. Yep. All right. Um, I'll, I'll make this short then. Uh, but I think one of the uh, continuing problems with fire service in 2024 is going to be uh, just people to be interested in the fire service. And once we do get them to be interested in the fire service, trying to reach um, Also, at the level training, we're competing with a lot of stimulation. Uh, people are stimulated from their phones, TVs, from fans at work, from their family. And so trying to find meaningful training that they can obtain and, and they're willing to participate in without overburdening them, uh, but at the same time without watering the message down. I, I think that's one of the greatest challenges going forward with uh, some of the kids that are coming here. Okay, Sam, he was chopped up a little bit, but hopefully, uh, um, you know, we'll be able to fix all that. So, but, uh, so we'll go to our last one. I mean, I, if, if Larry has a good internet connection and doesn't chop up, that really says a lot that, you know, you're having problems, Sam, that if his is perfect and yours is not. So Larry, we left you, we left you for last as requested. So whatever you want to beat up, you beat up. No, no. I needed to think about the question. I know you, you said you sent the uh, agenda out last night, but I didn't see it. So. A little, little behind the eight ball on uh, what the topic was, but good stuff. And um, I, I always like to hear the uh, the other guys go. Um, honestly, the the salt of the earth, uh, uh, Danny, Sammy, um, Roger. Just we 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 have had a lot of fun along the way, and um, I, I think we've learned a lot from each other. Uh, a lot a lot of good conversations, but always. Always uh, get a kick out of listening, uh, listening to you guys. Roger, congratulations on your promotion, buddy. I couldn't be more proud of you. Um, kudos to you for uh, for hanging in there and staying after it, uh, for sure. Um, so, uh, 2024. It, honestly, for me, uh, 2024 will just be a repeat of uh, 2006. That's when I started in the. In, in the ops chiefs realm of things. And um, in, in a lot of ways, uh, my, my focus has remained the same uh, and that is on performance. Um, and I, I think that's just been enhanced over the years as I've got more involved with the LODD investigations um, and just really seeing a couple uh, sad and tragic trends. Um, and I don't think we'll train our way out of it. I, I, I don't think uh, everybody on here talked about a lot of good things. And uh, those are all noble things to talk about, things we should be talking about. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, poor decision making is, uh, is, is continuing to, to be the brunt of what, what I'm going to focus on. Uh, everybody on this call, it doesn't matter. Um, we, we have a squad wagon driver all the way up to, to, to Danny Shaw, who's an ops chief. Um, every one of you has has a group of people that work for you. And, and maybe it's five people, maybe it's 25 people, maybe it's 1,500 people. And uh, although they would never say this to you, uh, they have one expectation of all of us who, who manage a company or a battalion or a shift or a department and that is to dump, not to get them killed needlessly. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to that. I, I don't know that anybody's ever articulated that to their boss, uh, but, it, but as a boss, your job is to not get your people needlessly hurt or killed. Tragically, we know it happens, and, and sometimes there's nothing to do about it. Um, but, but that should always be the number one focus. There is no uh, program, uh, there, there is no uh, new initiative in the fire service. There, there has been nothing in the last 30 years worthy of shedding any attention on anything other than not getting your people needlessly hurt or killed unnecessarily. 
for, for a lack of reasoning. <coughs> and so um, that, that, that will remain my priority again going into 2024. Uh, he, here we, we start January off with a 30-day stand down uh, and, and uh, review every operational procedure we have. Uh, and again, I, I get it. Knowing procedures is, is one element of anything. Um, but, but, you know, when it comes to human performance, um, which has been talked about a lot, stress, decision making, that the more things we can, we can uh, make muscle memory, uh, the, the more bandwidth we're giving our brain to be able to think through things in those high stress situations, right? Think about it when you can don your, uh, your PPE without having to think about it when you can stretch a line without having to think about it, when, when uh, Sam, Sammy uh, heads up on a roof and vents a roof without thinking about it, it gives him bandwidth in, in his uh, brain to be able to think about what am I going to do next? What's the next decision I'm going to make? Uh, and, and so the same thing does go for operational procedures, written procedures. Written procedures take you so far. I don't, I don't think... Uh, uh, that is certainly not the golden dust, uh, but but having uh, an intimate knowledge of what your procedures are um, frees up a little bit of bandwidth. And when you free up bandwidth, you make better decisions. Inevitably, that's how it helps. That's the piece there. And so uh, we'll we'll continue to focus on quality and decision making. Right? Again, a topic everybody's talked about. Uh, helping officers make better tactical decisions. And the last piece of that is, as, as much as, as all of us have read about this, um, the, the most important piece, and, and I don't know that there is a solution to this, is experience. And, and this is not to delegitimize anybody's experience here, um, but, but you know, Doug, Doug is sitting in the bottom left-hand screen there. Uh, he, he uh, uh, you know, 20 plus years in the FDNY, in the Bronx most of that time. He, he is a guy that is achieving a high level of experience in his career. I don't know when it kicked in for him, but I bet you uh, when Doug thinks about it, it was you know, maybe in the last five, six, seven, eight years is, is, is when he hits a stride and he shows up at a pretty good job and he doesn't really have to think about what he's doing. He is literally going off of uh, explicit knowledge right? Um, uh, Dan Shaw, Ricky Riley, Roger, long backstep people. Sam, you guys have, have been on the job a long time. You, you, you have gained a tremendous amount of experience, but you are outliers in the fire service. And, and so what do we do? Uh, not only for officers who, who have great knowledge, and, and this is the great dichotomy here. We, we said in our classes when we taught 10, 15 years ago, that this is an incredibly smart generation. And it is, generationally, these guys are certainly smarter than I ever came up in. <coughs> I, I, I think we, we, we accepted that and we just, we, we, we thought there's a lot of great things and there are a lot of great things about it. But somehow along the line, uh, we, we forgot that, that there is a big difference between education and experience. And uh, it's not until you gain experience that 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 you are making your best decisions. <coughs> and so how do you get experience uh, around the world unless you're in big, you know, FDNY, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. In the interim, uh, we got to stick with it uh, and, and use um, training and quality assurance to make sure that we're holding people accountable to better decision making, slowing down on the fire ground and trying to make sense, truly make sense of what it is they're seeing when they get on the scene of something. What does it mean when I see a building and it's doing this? What should I take? What are my next steps to do? So all good stuff. There's no answer to that, but it'll just be another year, the same old, same old for me. So it's good to see all you guys. Love you to death, all of you. Man, I, I think you should, I, I should have gone before you because you always say all the good things. <laughs> for sure. So, you know, I, I think in, in our 2024 is what I'm going to focus on as, as some of my counterparts is um, some of the stuff that, that Larry talked about is just to have 
some fire ground consistency, um, ensuring that our firefighters and officers uh, understand the mission is uh, that fire and it's not for individual company achievements um, to ensure that, uh, you know, when we show up on that fire, all the uh, proper benchmarks are being met and our tasks are being completed and radio traffic is, is spot on. Um, uh, we've been saying a lot lately, uh, words matter. Um, and, you know, it shows, of course, fewer words uh, are even better uh, just due to the sheer amount of radio traffic that is happening on our fire grounds and the sheer amount of busy signals that are being received. And, and you know, God forbid that that busy signals on a firefighter that needs the radio the most, as opposed to some uh, needless radio traffic that's uh, happening out there on our fire grounds. But, you know, once again, uh, like Larry said, and not, you know, with a, a big department comes a lot of chiefs and um, obviously trying to spread that experience around is difficult. So going back to, you know, simulations, going back to having simulations that put some kind of stressor on the chief. Now, you know, you know, you're just sitting in a garage or you're just sitting in a classroom and you're going through a simulation, but to create the distractions, uh, you know, to create the, some of the task saturation to try to, you know, for lack of more, try to get them to fumble. And it's not to make them fumble in a bad way. It's to make them fumble and then see the importance of how to recover, the importance of, you know, having a properly filled out tactical worksheet, uh, having somebody sitting in the car or the buggy with you and making sure that they're keeping the check on everything that you're doing. Uh, you know, hey, we missed this company. Hey, we missed that company. Did we get this task done? We get that ta not task done. And, uh, you know, the the day of the single uh, battalion chief or incident commander inside a car, th those days need to be over and they need to be over faster uh, than humanly possible. It's just uh, that team concept uh, needs to be uh, embraced and, you know, making sure that, you know, both the people in the car are engaged um, with the fire ground. And one's just not sitting there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for something bad to happen. Uh, but, you know, be engaged either, you know, on the radio or on the tactical worksheet, uh, engage with the companies as they come up to the car, uh, any of those things. But, you know, we have to ensure that the two or three people that are inside this command team are paying attention to the people who are in the IDLH because um, they're, they're the people that are in danger. Um, so we, ha we have to always be looking out for them. Uh, the only other piece is uh, just advancing training. Uh, I think uh, in my own department, uh, you know, we're having a, a new uh, push on training standards, which is a, a great thing. Um, um, and, you know, I, I, I'm a little on the structured training, or I'm sure there's a better word for it, you know, that you get from academies or you get through uh, colleges or universities that, you know, sponsor this, you know, the, the certificate classes. Um, you know, I think uh, I just went through a couple classes here recently where I thought that, you know, the curriculum is is not going to even prepare me or the people that were in the class with me for what's going to face them when they get out either on the fire ground or they get out in a chief's position or a company officer position, you know, how it's going to really prepare them. So, you know, focusing on how we're going to get that training, that realistic training, that realistic um, approach to fire ground problems or even firehouse problems, or even what, you know, Josh was talking about people problems, uh, you know, how to get, how to get all that out there, and uh, making sure our firefighters are better and our company officers are better and our chief officers are better. So uh, that's a big, that's a big plate for 2024. And it's going to take a, a lot of time and a lot of effort, but I, I think it's something that's going to help us move forward and hopefully, hopefully it gets better. So Sammy, did, did you get all your stuff straightened out? Yeah. Who knows? Yep. You that, sound great. Is that better? Yes, please. Retell us about your 2024. Ah, oh, man. All right. Um, I was just basically saying that something the uh, fire services experience and I think will continue to experience is a lack of interest. Um, you know, when all of us came on, we were we were very, uh, very grateful to get the job. It was very competitive um, nationwide. We're seeing people leave the job. So not only trying to get the right people interested, but also trying to retain them. And then the other thing I was saying is when it comes to uh, the training uh, we, we've got to be careful. We're competing with a lot of uh, outside um, influences. We're competing with a lot of um, a lot of things that are going after their attention. And so 
when we do train, we're going to have to be uh, very deliberate and make sure it's very meaningful because their, uh, their attention span and, you know, uh, Chief Schultz kept saying the bandwidth, um, their capacity, um, we're competing for it. So, I mean, you, you're, you're in the company every day. So this is what you're seeing in the Midwest here, even with your own guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have that problem with Wichita Fire Department, like everybody does. Um, I'm still very fortunate in the company um, that I keep. Um, those guys can uh, they can go out um, as long as it's meaningful. You know, training to train, um, guys lose interest pretty quick. But uh, if there's intent behind it, then they're on board. I got you. So. So look, uh, we're going to try to kind of wrap this up. We'll kind of go around the room, see if anybody's got any final thoughts. So we'll start with Roger since uh, you're immediately to my uh, left here on my screen. So uh, <clears throat> I'm good. Uh, just, uh... <laughs> God, it's like talking uh, to Sammy, man. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. Yeah. You definitely, uh, you two are definitely trying. That's for sure. <laughs> No, just uh, continue to spread the good word. And uh, I really like what Sam just said. Training to train is one thing, but there has to be meaning behind it. So, and I think all of our departments, uh, there's specific meaning that we need to have. So. Okay. So when we talk about, so when we talk about that training, so Sammy, what, uh, what do you got going on at FDIC this year? That's a good question. So. So um, we'll be taking over uh, Champo's class, uh, bringing that back, and then I'm going to be doing a, a lecture. Um, you know, it, it's going to be the truck essentials. It'll, it'll, it's going to look a little bit different. Uh, we've got some uh, stuff coming in, and luckily, um, Hollander is still uh, looking very hard trying to get us a live structure or a real structure to work on, and, and that's really important when we talk about those truck company operations. Okay, so when I look in the FDIC uh, of you know, conference program. But I don't see Champo's class. So, what's the name of the class? That uh, it's going to be uh, the Truck Essentials again. Okay. So, right. gotcha. It, we're we're basically continuing the uh, truck class. Okay, and Roger, you help you hop out with that also, right? That's correct. I'll be right there next to Sam. Matching heads. I completely understand. So, I won't have a mustache. <laughs> So, and then, uh, you know, the other two here, uh, Dan and Doug, what is, what's on tap for you guys for FDIC? Uh, we're fortunate to do two classes this year. We're doing uh, 25 Survive. Uh, was that Monday or Tuesday, Doug? I can't remember. Uh, Monday. It's Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. Uh, doing 25 Survive residential class. And then um, later in the week, an hour and 45 minute class on first two operations for engine truck and the chief uh, where we kind of just break down the fundamental things for each one of those aspects as much as we can in an hour and 45 minutes uh share as much information but i mean try to entertain oh you two are definitely entertaining if nothing else so guys got anything final thoughts before we uh, head out yeah i'll throw a few out uh sure. I know dan has a few also um you know just just continue to take care of business people you know what i mean um don't overthink it. Uh, keep it positive. One, take care of your family, right? Take care of your family at home. There is somebody at home who loves you and wants you to come home, come home in one piece, come home in the piece that they love and care and the person that you are uh, to them. Uh, two, take care of yourself. Um, I know Josh kind of hit on some of that earlier on. Take care of yourself. That's both physically and mentally. If you need help, seek help. Talk to uh, a mentor. Talk to coworkers. Look out for each other. At the end of the day, um, you know, City Hall and the administrators will give great speeches at funerals. But um, if we can take care of each other and try to recognize problems and situations and stresses that are that are troubling each other, um, let's try to do that. Right? We've been to enough funerals already. And then finally, maintain our operational uh, readiness. Let's make sure that. Our rigs are ready to go. Uh, back to the mantra that that uh, Pete Lund, when he started traditions training, said, "You know, be combat ready." Um, 
there's a, there's an inscription on the fireman's memorial on uh, 100th street in the west side of manhattan that says uh firemen uh, soldiers in a war that never ends and i think that's a very fitting statement and probably where pete got a little bit of that combat ready mindset from um so maintain your operational awareness as we go into the new year um again look out for each other and uh ensure that you're doing the right thing at home dan yeah, um, I go back to something that Larry shared. Um, I think in the, it's a refinement in every every rank, every profession, no matter where where you work, uh, what department is you know continue to strive to try to achieve mastery and mastery to meaning you got to the top of the mountain and you have nothing further to work on. And mastery is the process, and that process for us to become successful, at what we do to make it so you are it's muscle memory is you know understand what the fundamental you have to execute on the fire ground, you know, continue to refine those and get better about it. Seek that feedback. If you're a leader, you should be given honest feedback and understand most people who come to fires come there with a, a desire to perform acts of commission and not acts of omission. So we can work with that every single day of the week. And then as you kind of work through that process, you got to refine your skill set. You got to be open to that dialogue. Uh, and then, you know, is, is what Sammy talked about and every organization faces this. We talk about mentoring, we talk about coaching, uh, all good buzzwords, and really it's talent management, right? If you have a wealth of knowledge, which this collective group does, and I know they, they, they demonstrate this every day to go to work, but find that upcoming talent because when you retire, they're not going to take like a six-month uh, mourning period and close the fire department down. Someone's going to come right in your position, uh, and they'd be better served if you truly love your department, the people you work with, or you take a day off work that you dump experience you can into the because that's what makes this job fantastic and it's resilient it's adaptable and you know we say it quite often every time that we are doug and i are teaching or uh, i say a lot of times when we're doing retirements is that no one cares about when you retire about the number of medals hanging from your class a what they care about is the impact you have on them uh, and there's no greater impact you can have on people when you you achieve a level of mastery and then you take that and you turn around and you dump it into other people to help them get to that same point. So continue to make the fire service, how great it is. And that's for the people we work with and the people who leave an impact. All righty. Well, I want to thank Dan and Doug uh, for being on. I, I know it's been a long time. We're going to try to get these things scheduled uh, um, with uh, the Clarion events group. So uh, you guys can fit it into your schedule. They're, they're, both of them are very busy on Wednesdays, especially the first part of the month. So Eric, you want to, I got some parting words for us before I get to Chief Schultz. Sure. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with uh, everything that uh, Doug and Dan and the other guys have said so far. Uh, something else to tie this all together, something that I spoke with Sammy about was um, I feel like I personally have been fortunate to, um, I live in Berlin, which um, as Roger and uh, Ricky know, that won the title of America's Coolest Small Town several years ago. And then working in the nation's capital, I was thinking about uh, a lecture about uh, titling from America's cool small town to the nation's capital uh, and the privilege that we have to serve uh, in the fire service. And uh, I think that one of the ways that maybe Sammy, we could fix things for us is just taking that back to our guys, our, our newer guys and helping them understand that like, you know, we are the privileged ones that get to walk into someone's house on the worst day of their lives and make a difference. And um, you know, with that responsibility comes, uh, you know, we're responsible for showing everybody everything that we know and, uh, you know, trying to make things better. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest things. Like, I don't have a whole lot of free time at home to volunteer here in Berlin, but I do that because I want to be able to make a difference for if my wife or my daughter or stepson are, are you know, in a crash or, the, God forbid, our house catches on fire. Those guys need to be, at a, uh, you know, performing at a level that's, you know, sufficient to get the job done effectively and quickly. And, uh you know, when we just think about that privilege, we have uh, we have a big responsibility to share that. So that's another big thing coming for me in 2024. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as I mean, the, there's quite a few of us that are very fortunate to teach at FDIC. Eric put in for the first time this year and, uh, uh, you know, didn't get picked. But that doesn't mean uh, Sammy's uh, going to work with him on some articles for fire engineering yep. and uh, get him uh, published there. And, uh, you know, next year I'm I'm pretty confident that uh, he'll be teaching a fire engineering with us and it'll be great to have him out there. So I appreciate that. Looking forward to opportunities. 
Yeah, get, you know, just got to keep on, uh, Sammy, about editing your stuff for you, though. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be. <laughs> it's been a great help so far, so I'm looking forward to that process. <laughs> Chief Schultz, you got anything for the close us out? Close it out here. No, Richard, it's nice to meet you. Uh, well, welcome to the group. Um, uh, Danny, Doug, Ricky, uh, Roger, Sam, you guys are absolutely the best. I, I, when I say I love you, I mean it. I love you guys. Um, you, you're all salt of the earth, quality people. So uh, <clears throat> the only thing I would leave everybody with, and, and this is something, uh, another guy I love, Dan McMaster, uh, in the city of Alexandria, uh, he never missed an opportunity to talk about uh, selflessness in the fire service. Uh, and, and, and in essence, that's pretty simple. It means giving a crap about somebody other than yourself. Uh, make other people's issues more important than yours. Um, care, care about people enough uh, to, to put their, their wants and their needs and their desires uh, ahead of your own. Um, that's that's what this service is about. This this service is 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 all about being selfless uh, to the point that we see people um, give their lives for it. So uh, be selfless. Um, you're you're good. You'll take care of yourself. Uh, put up put other people's needs ahead of yours, and uh, you're already three quarters of the way through uh, what this job is about. So that's what I got, Rick. All right. So I guess the, the, the last piece that I wanted to, you know, this year has been pretty challenging. Um, 2023 has been challenging working on some reports with Larry um, and, and worrying about the youth of the fire service and, and not only the training that they're receiving, but how they're being trained and uh, you know, are, are we training them correctly? Uh, so, you know, that's a, another focus that I want to get for 2024 is try to figure out where that gap is uh, to help these younger firefighters, you know, be better uh, and company officers and chief officers. And so, um, you know, look, uh, we want to thank chief David Rose once again for the opportunity we have here on hump day hangout. And obviously with Clarion events group, look, if you're out at FDIC, uh, please be sure to come up to Sammy Hiddle and pull his mustache to see if it's actually real or if it's glued on. I don't know which one it is, but, um, uh, be sure to, you know, tug on that thing one time just to make sure that it's real. So we hope to see you at FDIC and, uh, obviously you'll be, uh, reading some stuff from uh, Eric here, hopefully in fire engineering and uh, for, uh, you know, Josh Burchick that had to, to cut off and Scott Kraut and Kyle Stevens, who couldn't make uh, all of it today. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. My heart's full um, by seeing all my friends on here. You guys don't have no idea how important you are to me um, each and every day, even though we don't get to talk or, or, uh, you know, yuck it up every day. But um, the 10 minutes before we started best 10 minutes I've had this year. So, <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. So from all of us at Traditions Training, we uh, appreciate you listening to us. Thank you very much.